Hi, I'm Marika and welcome to Money Chill Out. On this podcast, I want to dive into the world of the often unspoken topic of money. Effective personal finance management can be a great liberator, but also a huge stress factor in our lives. After a 10-year career on trading flows in London, I want to help demystify the intimidating world of finance and have an open, honest and frank conversation. By opening the discussion, I wish you identify yourself, learn, be inspired and get empowered. Every other week, I'll be joined by guests for conversation on money, mindsets, investment habits and any best practices they abide by. So join me on this journey as we unpick the complexities of finance and get more comfortable talking about our money. And when you're ready to go further in mastering your finances, come and work with me on a one-to-one coaching. You'll grow your awareness, move on with your projects, and have an accountability buddy to track your progress. Today, I'm very pleased to welcome David Rideau, who's been a key person for me in my early career. He was my financial markets teacher at ESSEC Business School and made me want to know more. Today, he continues to inspire young people with practical knowledge being an investment professional with more than 20 years of experience. He mainly worked for HSBC on equity sales, but last year he decided to take on a new challenge and created his own business as an AXA partner. He advises individuals on planning and thinking of the future. So today's episode is about pensions, and more specifically, private pensions. So hi, David, how are you? I'm fine, and yourself? Yeah, super nice, thank you. I'm very happy to have you on this podcast, so thanks for your time. It's uh, pretty special to chat again about finance after all these years, so how have you been? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, it's been a while since uh, we last met, right? Yeah, <laughs> a few years. So can you tell us a bit about you and, and why you decided to help people plan for their retirement? As you know, uh, I spent something like 20 years of my time in investment bankings and uh, the last 15 years at HSBC in Paris. And over that 20 years period of time, I was mainly an equity sales focusing on, on uh, European equity. And as an equity sales, my job was, uh, was twofold. First, equity investment advisory to uh, French institutional investors. And two, managing IPOs, so to speak, uh, initial public offerings. That is to say, find potential investors for companies that are looking to list on a, on a European stock exchange. And after 20 years of investment banking, I chose to embrace a, a new career, a new challenge by uh, starting my, uh, my own business as an exclusive agent within the French insurance company AXA, within the, the AXA retail network to focus on wealth management and actually private pension is part of my of my expertise. And I think that uh, there's a lot of added value that can be brought to retail clients on that matter. And uh, this is a subject that is, a, that is of a strong interest for me. And I guess there's a, a lot of work to do, so that's good. <laughs> yes, it is. And it's great actually to launch its own business. Mm-hmm. So can you give us an overview of the pension market? The pension team in France is actually very complicated. But you have to bear in mind that in France, anyone at the time you retire is going to be paid by two different entities. The first one is going to be the, uh, what we call the national security system that is going to give you pension that is going to be based on your best 25 years of working experience. And when I say best, I mean 
the most money you have earned of your, on your 25 best years. And the base pension that the national security is going to pay you is going to be 50% of that. And that 50% of that, there is a maximum, there is a cap that is going to be around 1,700 euros. That's going to be a max. And the second part of your pension is going to be paid by a complementary pension entity that is going to depend on the nature of your job. Uh, in France, we have, I guess, more than 40 different specific entities that are going to collect taxes on salaries and to pay pensions. And we have one for lawyers, we have one for doctors, we have one for architects, we have one for dentists. And of course, all those complementary pension systems have different rules. And at the end, the public pensions you are going to receive is going to be the sum of those two. So what's really important, and I guess it's like this for every country, like European countries at least, is that you have a state pension and then your own contribution pension, like capitalization, as we call it. And depending on, on countries, one can be bigger than the other one, but definitely it's wise to have the two. <laughs> yes, it's wise to have the two, but the, the private pension you mentioned, the capitalization pension you, uh, you mentioned, is not something that is mandatory. But if you want to have your own pension, the private pension you mentioned, you have to build it and you have to, to organize yourself to have one. And why do you think it's so important to plan for the future and to invest? So if we take more about like the private pension, then because the state pension is already done for yourself. Yeah. Well, you have to take your future into your own hands because as we all know, the public system is actually uh, going through a lot of difficulties. You have to bear in mind that the democratic trends are not playing for the system. It's actually playing against the system. Back in the 60s, you had something like four active workers for one pensionnaire. Today is less than two, and if we uh, move forward to 2050, it's going to be one for one. So the um, financial of the equilibrium of the, of the public system is definitely at stake, and we are all basically facing reduced pension if we don't have a specific reform to, uh, to go back to some kind of financial equilibrium. Everyone needs to plan its own uh, pension. Otherwise, you face a large drop in income on the day you, you retire. Yeah. And so planning for your retirement can be a financial goal. So when do you recommend to start thinking about it and even better acting on it? I think that you need to think and even act as early as possible. Because as we look at pension, I mean, the math are very obvious. The, uh, the life expectancy is growing, small, but growing every year. And therefore, your retirement payer is getting longer and longer. So at the day you retire, you know you have 20, 25, 30, maybe more years ahead of you. And if you start acting on your retirement at the age of 20, let's say, or let's say 30, uh, you have 30 years to build your savings in order to generate at the time you retire an additional funding for you. And if you start at the age of 50, well, you only have 10 to 15 years to build and to save enough money to live for 20 or 25. So if you start early, uh, the investment effort is going to be a lot smaller than if you start late. The thing that we know from the very beginning is that the pension is going to be paid 
for 20, 25 years, maybe 30 years. So you need time to build enough saving to save enough capital in order to finance that pension, that annuity you are likely to choose for 25 or 30 years. Mm-hmm. And and how can people actually plan for their retirement? And it's pretty hard to project ourselves in, as you said, 20, 30 or even 40 years time. So do we have to look at a specific amount to reach at some point in the future? Or, or do you have an other methods to do? Well, if you start early, I'm not so sure you need to look at a specific amount uh, you would like to reach at the time of retirement. The idea is to get yourself used to start to save for your retirement. Save a few euros, uh, a few hundred euros every month that you are going to invest over the long run. And once you are getting closer and closer to uh, to your retirement age, that would be the time to have a better idea of the savings that you have reached and the kind of pension you can get out of it when you retire. If you start late, that's another issue because you have an idea of the state of living, you have the kind of money you need to live properly, and you have a better idea as well of what your pension will be. And therefore, you have a a pretty precise idea of the gap you have to fill. My pension is likely to be X, so it's minus 30, it's minus 40% from what I'm getting today. I need to fill the gap. What do I need to invest now in order to fill that gap as much as possible? I see. And one of the big advantages of investing in your pension is often the tax benefit associated with it. And it's the idea of delayed gratification. So really states encourage people to save for retirement, hence they give like tax benefits. Mm -hmm. So what are the main issues one can face and how can you convince someone to look at that delayed gratification? Well, I guess the first argument to convince someone to look at that delayed gratification is the tax incentive you just mentioned. Because you have to bear in mind that the money you invest now for your future pension is going to be taken out of your taxable income. If you earn a lot of money on a a yearly basis and that the last euros that you earn are going to be taxed at 45%, uh, if you invest 1,000 euros in your future pension, is going to generate for you a tax credit uh, of 45%. And this is something that you should consider because oh, 45% reduction in income tax, that's uh, pretty, that's pretty significant. Mm-mm. Yeah, and you can see it as a performance straight away. Yeah, and the tax credit you are getting is going to be invested for the next 20, 30, 40 years and generate interest. So you are going to, the French state is going to lend you money you are going to invest that money for a very long period of time, and that money is going to generate uh, interest over the long run. So that's a strong incentive. And as you said, because we're talking about long term here, we can take more risk and hence increase our performance. So how aggressive do you advise to be? And do you like the rule of thumb, which is nobody is a percentage of equity that you should have on your portfolio is 100 minus your age? I'm not so sure you, you, you can, uh, it is as simple as that. Mm-hmm. But fair to say that the longer your investment horizon is, the more you can take risk. On top of that investment horizon, the dosage in terms of risk into your portfolio is also going to depend on your own capability to support risk on your investment. 
So the questions that you mentioned, how aggressive do you need to be? For me, it's not really the question. The question is how aggressive do I feel comfortable with? And if you are not comfortable by taking risks with your money, well, you have investment vehicles that are risk-free on which you should not expect to earn a lot of money, of course, but on which you are sure that you are not going to lose. Uh, but the expected return is likely to be small. And the issue with that, I would say, is that the central theme for your pension investing is to beat the inflation in order to maintain your purchasing power. So because your 100 euros today will not be equal to your 100 euros in 20 years time. So if you don't really invest in risky products, you risk like losing money, even though the sum in your account is actually the same. You're right. The inflation issue is a, is a key issue as of today. Uh, inflation is currently running at 7-8% in Europe as of now. So definitely, if you look for something that is going to beat inflation, well, you have to look for expected returns that are above those 8 or 9% that I just mentioned. And of course, those returns, you are not going to get it from risk-free investment, uh, bond investment. Also, you need to, uh, let's say, to get out of your comfort zone and you need to invest into risky assets. And equity is one of them. If your key issue is to deliver a return above inflation, there is no alternative. You have to go uh, into, uh, into risky assets and you have to go uh, into equity. Going into equity when you have a long-term investment horizon, let's say above more than 20 years, this is something that everyone should feel comfortable with. Yeah, that's a good good point. And and we often hear as well that people who have pension funds don't necessarily know how their funds are invested because they choose like a specific profile, for example. But if they knew how it was invested, they would probably change the strategy straight away. So can you tell us how come and how can people get that info? Well, first of all, when you when you decide to invest in your pension, the insurance company or the exclusive agents, as I myself, you are going to, to have that discussion with, we need to first set up an investment profile to make sure we are going to select investment vehicles that are going to suit the risk level or the risk appetite you are happy with. At the end of the day, the regulator, uh, local regulator, IMF in France or local regulator elsewhere in, uh, in Europe, are making sure that information is very easily available on insurance companies' website or on asset managers' corporate website. So if you are curious about the kind of product that you have invested in, I mean, all the info is, is largely available, publicly available on the web. But You're right, fair to say that all those documents that are available online are not always quite easy to understand because you have technical words, uh, technical data, volatility, asset allocation, and so on. So you need someone to explain. And you know, pension is an important matter. Therefore, you need someone you trust to discuss this topic. And that person must have the experience, the knowledge you don't have, to fully explain in details where the money, where your money is invested. And I guess the final word on that matter for me is if you do not understand where your money goes, don't do it. It needs to be fully clear and you need to fully agree with the investment strategy. No, I think it's a really wise <laughs> point. 
And um, not that we change jobs like pretty often and move abroad for a few years. What are your options if you're a non-resident in your home country to still contribute to your pension? The contribution is not going to be an issue because even though you are abroad, uh, you can still pay and invest in your in your pension plan. That's not a problem at all. The only thing is the tax benefit that we've mentioned earlier is not going to be available to you because you are not a French fiscal resident anymore. And uh, on the tax benefit, well, therefore, it's not going to be uh, available because your income is going to support the local taxation. But you can still invest in your pension plan, but you will not benefit the tax incentive anymore. I see. Okay. So when it's time to retire, on average, what kind of percentage of salary can you expect? That is going to be highly different from one case to another. If you want to have an order of magnitude, 40% drawdown, drop in, in, uh, in income is likely to be, a, to be a minimum, but it can go up to 60% for people that have, uh, that have high compensations. But I guess 30, 40% is going to be the average drop in income between your last salary and your first pension. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um, what options do you have to withdraw money at retirement? And which one do you favor? So there's like most famous or most common to a lump sum, which is basically withdrawing one big sum of money and then you manage it by yourself, or to take an annuity through probably like a company, but at, at least you're sure that it's going to stay till you're alive. Exactly. Both options are available, and you can actually uh, you can actually do a mix of the two. At the time you retire, you might decide to uh, take out a few euros of your crude capital uh, and decide to turn the rest into a, into an annuity. Uh, you can take some of the money and leave the rest invested, or you can, in fact, turn everything into an annuity, and that annuity is going to be a perpetual annuity. That means you are going to be paid every month. Uh, as long as you live. One thing that you have to bear in mind if you take the lump sum uh, option uh, is that the lump sum you are getting did not support taxation because you had the tax incentive we already mentioned. So if you decide to take out uh, the lump sum and everything at once, you will have to pay income tax and capital gain. To give you a a very simple example, uh, let's say... Uh, you have uh, a lump sum of 100 euros. 4,000 euros are the sum of all the individual investment that you've made over the, over the last uh, 20 years. And the remaining 60 are the capital gain on, on that investment. The first 40 are going, are going to support income tax. And the remaining 60 are going to support capital gain tax which is at 30% as of today uh, in France. So if you decide to take the, um, the lump sum option, you have to be prepared to support uh, a significant level of taxation on it. Cool. And um, even though you retired, a part of your portfolio is still long-term as you may live till you're 90 or, or above. So what strategy do you recommend having investment-wise to have both protection and some performance, because if you live till you're 100, you don't want to run out of money. Well, if you feel like you are going to live forever, therefore, the, uh, the perpetual annuity option is your best option. 
because at the day you decide to turn your pension plan into a, into a perpetual annuity, the, uh, the life expectancy risk, actually, uh, is going to be the insurance company's problem. Whatever, for as long as you live, those guys are going to pay you X hundred of euros per month, whatever. So if you live uh, until you are 100 or 120, you are going to receive that pension. That's the job of an insurance company to manage that risk. It's a, it's a mortality table issue. This is what they do. That's their job. But if you feel like you are going to live for a very long time, I'm not so sure that the lump sum option is going to be a relevant one for you because you are going to take out of that money and therefore you will be in charge of managing that money for the next 20, uh, 30 years at an age where I guess it's not the best moment for you to manage that kind of uh, issue. I guess you are there to enjoy life and not stressing on whether you're going to have enough money to live until you are uh, you are 100 or 105. Yeah, it's super interesting. And actually, one question which is linked to this one is imagine you take an annuity and you quite have a lot of money and after a few years, you actually die. What happens to the spouse? Oh, there is a system that makes sure that your wife is going to receive part of that pension. Okay. And the uh, the exact percentage is going to chosen by you on the day you retire. So it can be 50%, 70%, 80%, and so on, even 100%. The, uh, the percentage, the smaller is going to be the pension for you, of course. Because for the insurance company, basically, uh, we are not insuring one person anymore, but we are insuring two. So, for, of course, for the first one, yourself, the impact is a reduced pension for you because we know that if you're not there anymore, we will still have to pay part of your pension for your, uh, for your, for your wife or your, or your husband. Yeah. yeah. On that matter, there is another, another system that you can also choose. It's not a perpetual annuity, it's a guaranteed annuity where you choose to receive a pension for 20, 25, 30 years. So you know that uh, at the end of the period, 20, 25, or 30, the pension is going to stop. Uh, but if you die before that, and that we still have guaranteed annuities, those guaranteed annuities are going to go to one person you choose for 100%. Mm. No, I didn't know that. Super interesting. Cool. And um, I'd like to end with the um, insight from like professionals. So what about your own pension? Like how is it invested and, and when did you start having your own private pension? Well, I, I guess, you know, I'm an equity kind of guy. Uh, <laughs> so uh, I'm fully invested in equity, to be, uh, to be fairly honest, because I do have a, a very strong relationship with equity. I'm still young, though. I still have a at least 20 or 25 years to, uh, to go before taking my retirement. So again, like I said, uh, if you have a long investment horizon ahead of you, you can take risk. And I've chosen to uh, give a, a mandate uh, to someone at AXA, actually, to, to manage that, that money for me on equity. And there is a, a de-risking option, uh, meaning that as I am getting closer and closer to retirement age, my equity exposure is going to be reduced in order to take less and less risk on my money because I'm going closer and closer to, to, the, retire, to the retirement day. Okay, makes sense. 
Well, thank you so much, David, for this discussion. It was uh, very insightful. I learned a lot, as always, and I love that you gave perspective to make us understand like how important this topic is. So really, thank you. All the best for your new adventure and speak to you soon. Well, thank you. Thank you, Monica. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> Perfect. Bye. Bye-bye. So at the end of this episode, I hope you're as enthusiastic as I am. You can find the notes and the key takeaways on my website at maricafino.com. And if you like this podcast, please subscribe and spread the word. Thank you.